This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 162, F the shoulds, do the ones. If you've kind of lost track a little bit of who you are, of what you want, or of why you want it, today's episode is for you. So for today's episode, I sat down with Trisha Huffman. Trisha, aka your joyologist, is a rock and roll roadie at heart and by first career. Today, she specializes in working with those in the public eye to keep them in integrity with who they want to be, while also enjoying the life that they're living right now. She's a mental health and mindset expert known for sharing real talk with heart, calling you to uncover and honor who you are, and empowering you to claim your joy daily. She does this via her first book, F the Shoulds, Do the Ones, aka our title of episode today, through social media, through the Claim It podcast, and the Own Your Awesome daily inspiration app, and everything else she does. If this episode helps you in any way, share it and help someone else in their healing journey. Leave a review on iTunes to help them find the episode or the podcast in general, or share your takeaways on social media. I really love to read your takeaways on the episode, so when you take a screenshot and share something you've learned on Instagram, tag me at on and off your mat podcast. All right, let's get to today's episode with Trisha. Hi, Trisha. Hi. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so happy to be on your show after having our amazing conversation for mine. I know. So exciting. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey just to get us started and then we'll go from here? Yes. I'm always like, when I get this type of question, I'm a bit of like, okay, where do I, <laughs> where do I, I know start? most people are like the cliff notes. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, my journey with, I feel like, self-love, self-discovery, self-trust, without knowing any of those terms, started very early on when I was 15. I was eventually diagnosed with fibromyalgia when I was 18, and the term was just becoming a thing back in 1999. I had lots of physical illness, like, oh, I'm not feeling well, I'm not feeling well, but it was nothing good. And that affected me, obviously, physically. But I also really feel like I had a pretty good bullshit meter from a young age. So I just remember like both this desire of like wanting to fit in and be liked and what should I be doing and what's the music and the way of dressing that I should be doing that. And also sort of at the same time, like being like, what are we all doing? Like, I just remember like questioning adults early on. I was raised in the Catholic religion and questioned like, was like in fifth grade, like that doesn't make sense. So I don't think so, even though I still went to Catholic schools. So anyway, I did have a really low moment when I was 15 and I thought about ending my life often. And I had a sort of mental breakdown moment that forced me to be like, well, either go through with it or, you know, what if you tried life a different way? It didn't come out that poetically, but that was the thing that sort of like, so I got very young at a young age, like, okay, I'm going to try really hard to care less about what they think and try to get connected more with like, okay, well, what do I want? If I want to raise my hand today in class, I will do that. And so I would have this, like, I remember that very viscerally. You're like, I don't know, do I raise my hand or not? What does that mean about me? Am I allowed to be smart? Is that uncool? Blah, blah, blah. Good to know the answer is like, really like, I don't know. (laughs) So really like trying to come back to myself. So it all started there and it's still a freaking journey. (laughs) Many years later, it wasn't like I made that commitment. It's been a moment to moment thing. 
because of that, I pursued my biggest dream, which was to be a live sound engineer, even though I didn't know what it was. And I made that happen at a very young age. And I was living my biggest dreams, touring the world, staying in four-star hotels, getting flied everywhere, like working for icons. It was a man's world. And there are very few females, especially young females. So besides the like internal judgment that I was very present of and like worried of what people were think of me, but was really like later to find out all oh, it's my own judgments of me. But I did have a lot of like, you don't know what you're doing. Why are you here? Who's the girl? Like a lot of people really like, why is she here? Why is she on the stage? Like, And so I, this quote I connected with around that time, I think I was 19, this quote from Eleanor Roosevelt was, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. So that was another like pivotal moment for me that I took throughout my life. Like, okay, like all of these people are treating me like I'm not going to be good. I don't belong here. It's not worth it for me. But like, I don't have to believe that. Anyway, I made my biggest dreams come true and was working for people that were living their biggest dreams, like singing their songs to people all over the world. But what I didn't notice until my dad passed away suddenly, and that shook me more than I ever expected lost too. I didn't understand loss and I had had loss before then, but it shook me so hard. And it also then made me get so present that I was working for these people that had it all. And yet they still were like stuck in self-doubt yeah, and judgment. So and what should I be doing? In many ways, I felt like their lives felt harder. Like even though they could buy the same shoes over and over and they even had like a supportive loved ones and I'm going to go on this tropical vacation on a private jet. So they had amazing lives. And also that there was so much also internal and external than pressure on themselves. So my dad's death just made me stop everything. I gave up my dream life. I was supposed to be on tour for the rest of the year with my like favorite touring family. I didn't have any money saved up. I didn't have any plans. And I was like, I'm done. I'm never doing sound again. <laughs> I need to go and figure out what to do to shake people up to living their life while they're still alive, like by actually being present to like that they're alive. Because I also was just too present to around the world. I flew from my dad's funeral to tour because I loved it. That felt like more like my home and my family. So I wasn't like, no, I'm not going to like stay here in a town I haven't lived in since I was 18. Like, I don't want to be here, you know, like, and I didn't have a home otherwise. So I went on tour. And so then, yeah, I was just like constantly so present to people all over the world that looked miserable. And I didn't know what was going on with them. I mean, like I was really like hiding behind these big sunglasses, crying constantly, but at the same time, like seeing like, yeah, we all have pain and hardships and stuff. And also though we're alive and I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So that was a pivotal moment. And I ended up making up a new career for myself where I was uh -huh. given the title of joyologist. And I went back out with the same artist's it started with, I worked with other artists too, but it started with the same artist as a new role where I was like, I'm going to come out and take care of the artists and other people on tour, but to keep them grounded and connected to their integrity. Because I also saw like, yeah, they were overworking themselves because management agents do this, do this, do this. They were didn't realize they could say no to things or being resentful of giving interviews or even resentful of signing autographs and they love their fans, but that's so like, how can we make this be enjoyable for you? Okay. Like what are some boundaries we can create? Like actually like being the one asking them these questions and giving them them space instead of usually it's like somebody's pissed off and they're the person in charge and doors are slammed and everybody's on edge. Mm -hmm. And that's like, <laughs> yeah. 
So, and then my work has evolved from there and I have written a book and I have a podcast and I have different coaching services. So that was not necessarily cliff notes, but... That's amazing. Yeah, it gives us like a picture of the journey, right? And like what brought you to be here today and how things unfold. Because sometimes we see people that are doing something that we think is so inspiring and we don't necessarily know like the pivots, the shifts, like what we need to do in our life. And every time we had to listen and make a different decision to bring ourselves there and get out of that track that was laid out by us and other people around us that we were supposed to be on for the rest of our life. It's not like people that are living their dream and living their purpose that they started there from the beginning. I think that's like a false idea that we have that like it was natural for them to find it and it was easy for them to find it and it just happened. It's like, no, it's a journey. It's a journey of making decisions again and again that like align us a little better and bring us a step closer to what it is that we want. Yes. Yes. I mean, it was hard. Like even I felt deeply that I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I needed to do this thing in the world. But it also like, even for, you know, that my identity was for so long, I am this badass rock and roll sound engineer. And it was so rare. So that also was like, even though I knew I no longer wanted to do that, I think I had knew that even before my dad's death, but I just like kept getting pulled back into it because I did love it. And they paid me lots of money and I got to go whatever. It was that like, I even got off tour and was like, okay, I'll be the production coordinator at this venue. Cause then I'm still like, that was yeah. just my world. Yeah. Live music, yeah. the music world. I like had to be there. And so, yeah, like when I knew this new thing was like coming for me and it did start, I went, I took myself back on tour to the world I knew, but I eventually did leave. And even that when I quit touring, because I knew I wanted to set myself up to have kids it was like, I know that I'm making the best choice for myself, but I'd see all these other people on like, ah, who am I if I'm not this person now? I'm like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned the book and I wanted to talk about this with you today because I think it's such a gem. So the book is called F the Shoulds, Do the Wants. What's your beef? What's your issue with the shoulds? <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting because I didn't think that I was someone who lived a life of shoulds, especially after having that moment at 15 where I really was like, okay, I'm really going to like try to care less about what other people think about me. And so and again, like I did things that I wanted to do. I was living my dream life, even off tour. So it wasn't like I was someone who was trapped in a life of shoulds and then I escaped. So when my dad died and I had that moment of, okay, I can't do this anymore. I want to do something to shake people up. I had no idea how the fuck I was going to do that. My first step was doing a yoga teacher training because I finally had time to, and I did yoga for like 10 years before that. And so I was like, okay, I finally have time for this. Again, I had like no idea what I was going to do. And I don't know where I got this message, but like, again, I can't trace it to a person or a book or anything. And I'm like, did someone tell me this? If so, speak up so I can acknowledge you. But I had this message to give up the word should itself. Mm. And I don't know where it came from, but I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm giving up the word should. And I was so committed to it, but I had no idea how much I used the word. And so I was so committed. So I would stop myself and be conversation and be like, Hey, what should, and I would just be like, awareness, just catching yourself every time. But I, and I would be like, what do I say? Like, I don't understand if I don't use this word, what other word works here. I really was like, wow. 
And so I tried out some different words, but what I realized that the majority of the time, the best word to replace it was want. And that was such a huge shift from like, oh, what should I eat for breakfast? It's like the should energy feels like, oh, you're like withdrawing or even like looking around, like somebody give me my answer to Mm -hmm. what I want for breakfast. Yeah. It's very external. Yeah. So I realized I was constantly by just changing that one word. I was constantly coming back to myself and connecting to myself in this version of myself today, right now, in this moment, not the version of Trisha yesterday said that you should, you know, be out of bed by whatever, blah, blah, blah. And that way, so I just realized how much this word was like, had been so present in my vocabulary. And so then really was running so much of my life. And so then Obviously, so now I wrote this book. So that happened in 2008 that my dad passed away. So it was over a decade of me. I never wavered, so committed to it. Even I read my kids' books. If the word should is there, I replace it. Because the awareness that came from this, I was afraid I would lose if I just started to just let it slip back in. Sure. But because of that, I learned so much that like my fears, my doubts, my inner judgment, like so many things are tied to the shoulds of life and me shooting on myself. I should have done this. You should be like this. It's the new year. I want to start this habit, but we stop ourselves from doing it because like, oh, but I want to restart my yoga practice. So I should be doing it at this time and this time and whatever. So I'm never going to do it instead of like, it just really like, again, made me so present to what I was thinking, what I actually wanted why I wanted it and like gave me this curiosity for myself to like, again, be like, okay, so that's not a right. So that, but what about this? And it changed my life. And so much so that, yes, (laughs) I finally wrote a 16 chapter book with like, not even all the lessons, but all the lessons that I uncovered from giving up this one word. So far. Yeah. Cause I'm sure there will be more. It's like the more we dig into something, the more layers we can like see and uncover and be like, oh, I had never even realized how deep, you know, it's ingrained in me and the way I think and the way I make choices in life. So incredible. Yeah. And I gave it up so long ago, write a book about it, but I still, and I'm clear in the book, like it doesn't go away. I'm just more present to it. And I don't use the word, but it's the energy. So I'll be like, oh, what am I feeling right now? Oh, I'm feeling this shame because I have done this or because I feel like I should be cleaning my dishes this way instead of this way. Like it's in so many small moments throughout the day that we're feeling like me, I especially feel it through like, yeah, shame or fear or doubt, inner judgment. And then I can always come back to, oh, what is this? Okay. Now what? Yeah. Now what? Yeah. We'll come back to that in a second, but you mentioned a few things. I want to make sure people like caught on this where when you're in the shoulds, you're looking externally of yourself. So you're kind of losing that inner connection. And you talked about how it helped you reconnect to yourself. So I like that reminder. And like making you didn't say that, but like in between the lines, I'm reading like giving more value to the external than to the internal, like making it a priority. And I think that is what affects us like emotionally. You know, you talked about the fear, the judgment, the doubt, the shame, all of those things. I think it's because we have trouble to value what's inside if it's not aligning with what's outside of us. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, totally. I'm so glad you brought that up because it is, and it's back to, you know, the realization I had when I was 15, but again, like, so this is still something struggle with daily, even without this awareness is that we're somehow, I feel like wired to unfortunately Mm -hmm. to care more about what other people think about us than, oh, well, what feels best to me? I feel like with the should, we unconsciously 
are outsourcing our life choices, even the things that we want to do. Like, oh, I want to do this, so I should be doing it this way, or this is how I've seen blah, 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 or this is how I heard so-and-so talk about on their podcast, so that's how I should be doing, you know, instead of feeling, oh, what's the best way that would fit for me and work for me in like today in my life? I also feel like so much we're chasing after things based on what we've been trained to think it looks like, even Mm -hmm. like, oh, what does it look like to be enough and not, what does that feel like? Mm -hmm. So that too is a big, you know, there's so much work that the shoulds are doing (laughs) in our brains constantly (laughs) to try to steal like our joy and our worth and our enoughness and our connection to ourselves. And it's like, it's not your fault. That is Mm -hmm. the wiring that is happening and it's going to continue to come up. So I have a lot of my work too is about this deep radical self-compassion because it's Mm -hmm. not like I am messed up that I am thinking these things. It's like, oh, there we go. No, you're a very good student. (laughs) You're doing exactly what you were thought to do. (laughs) (laughs) So when we start shifting the word from should to want, how do we even know? You just planted a seed when you were talking about like your wants are influenced by your shoulds. So how do we know that what we actually say we want, we want, and it's not what we think we should, and we're just kind of shifting it to make it sound like that's what we want, like that there's a bias there, or there's like a really strong influence of just, I feel like there's more than just changing the word. You talk about the energy of the should. So how do we do that? Yeah, some things are easier to figure out than others. And some things it takes a while to like, really feel out. And that's what it really is. A lot of like tuning in and feeling it out. Mm -hmm. Like, so how would that feel for me? Okay. And, and also I think, you know, some emotions can feel confusing where like fear and excitement can be a little bit similar. And I do in the book, like I'm someone who has done yoga for many years, has studied lots of things and also is very like, I'm still this rock and roll person. (laughs) So, you know, like even like your people are like, visualize about something. And that's good. I know people that hear the word visualize and they're like turned off. And it's like, mm-hmm. what if you just think about this? So it's like, for me, that is, it's just taking more time with things. Honestly, I feel mm-hmm. like we move so fast. So the shoulds also go with that or like, okay, cause I should do this one. I'm like, okay, right. So I'm really feeling called to this, or I think I want this. All right. So why do I think that I want that? And also sometimes the whys can get messy and hard. And so I'm always like, you don't always have to have a why. But I do like to ask myself like, oh, why? Like, what is motivating this? Or why am I thinking this? But I don't get too stuck on that. But then like, oh, how does that feel? Or how would that feel for me to do that? And like, just letting myself like really playfully try on the options in my mind. Mm -hmm. And then I can feel into them a bit. But also, yeah, like allowing yourself to experiment and try things out and not be stuck on, I said I was going to do this, or I said I wanted this, so I should do it because of that, <laughs> you know, like that too. So there's so much like, yeah, really it's this constant connection with yourself and allowance and compassion for yourself because that mm-hmm. yeah, we get can get stuck on what we think we want, but it's really just a past version of ourselves or something that came and we went and we saw somebody else has it. So we want that too. Maybe you do want that, but a different version that Mm -hmm. fits better for you. Yeah. Or like making sure that you don't want it just because they have it, meaning you think you should want it too. Yeah. You know, like the, and that can be the why, like, Oh, I feel like I should do this. Why? Oh, because I saw so-and-so talking about it and -and so-and-so. Okay, great. But do I actually feel like that's something I would, you know, like, so it's just, again, like asking myself questions is, a big part of it, like getting curious with my yeah. thoughts. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Like there's a part of self-awareness. There's a part of presence to like slowing down and becoming mindful enough to once you're curious and you're asking the questions that you're listening from your body, your heart, your intuition, however, like whatever you connect to the most easily and you get out of your head a little bit. I feel yes, totally. are very like up here in our heads. They are. They make us swirl around. <laughs> <laughs> so for the people that are a little bit more in their head and they're kind of like, yeah, I hear you, but if I listen and I do only the things I want, I'm going to fill in the blank, destroy my life. You know, like the people that are like, if I only eat what I want, I will weigh 300 pounds. If I only do what I want, I won't go to work anymore and I'm going to end up on the street. Like whatever is the story they tell themselves about that. How do we get out of that thought loop? Or like, how do we learn to trust ourselves more into leaning into what we actually want and trusting that eventually we want what's good for us? Yeah. So I do have different chapters that go into this too, because it is like, it's not just like, yeah, do whatever you want. And that it's again, like it's getting curious about like, why do I want that? And how would that make me feel? So like, oh, okay, it's time for lunch. Oh, I should eat the salad or I should eat whatever meal combination that I just saw all of these wellness influencers post about, right? Like I should be eating that, (laughs) but it could even be like, no, I want that. I want that. I want that meal. Okay. Well, why do I want that? And also like, does that work for your current like capacity and stuff too? Cause that also, you could be like, Oh, I'm not eating healthy enough because you're feeling like you have to do things like so perfect. And I need to go buy all those ingredients and I need to meal prep and I can only do this. I can't buy pre-made stuff or this like, right. So there's another way we can shit on ourselves by not allowing ourselves to have what we want because we're making it be too hard and too perfect because of how we think it should look. (laughs) There's so many layers, so many layers. Okay. So yeah, I should be eating something healthy for lunch today, but you know what? I'm really like craving like pizza or I'm craving tacos or whatever enter thing is that you tell yourself, like whatever. So letting yourself think like, okay, well, why do I want that? I want the salad because I feel like I should. I like, oh, cause I know that that will make me feel supported or that'll, you know, make me feel energized for the day. And then like, how will it make me feel? But also looking at, yeah, okay, great. I know that, that the salad may be the better choice, but also I really want this pizza right now. And so like, you're also like being clear with that choice. And like, I want the pizza. I'm going to eat the pizza. Or then it could be like, oh, what if I have the pizza and some salad? Or, okay, I want the salad. But I also feel like some part of me is craving some like greasy comfort thing. Party, so yeah. I have that. So having that too, but I think too, so sometimes it's just, you know, allowing yourself to have the thing without the guilt and the shame. I think so often people be like, oh, whatever, F it, I'm going to have the pizza. And then they don't even enjoy it. This is how I used to be like, ah, like, let me shove an entire pizza in my mouth. Yeah, make sure no one noticed I ate that. Like, let me do that. Or just like, I, I finally let myself do the thing. And then I wouldn't really enjoy it. And then I feel like shame and guilt for it. And so this too, with the should, you can sometimes still like, of course, be like, oh, I should have had the salad. That was a bad choice. For me, I feel like those emotions are more hurtful than like what the pizza probably did for me. And so again, from the should have moments, I take these lessons of like, okay, well, that's like learning. So great. So eating the pizza that didn't make me feel great. So in the future, I'm going to remember this when I have that choice, or maybe it's like, again, this versus that. So also it's like taking should have moments as instead of living in that shame. Oh, great. So that's what happened. If I could do that again, I would do this and not from a shame place, but like, great. Okay. I'm going to set future Trisha up for a better place. 
whatever it is, like I have so many writing this book, I would be like, oh, I should be writing. Like I would feel the, I should be writing about the book that I was so excited to write. And obviously Mm -hmm. like so excited to get the book deal and put this message out of the world. So it's asking me that like, okay. So when I feel that energy, okay, well, why would I want to get some writing time in today? Right. Cause I do need to make progress with this book. How will it feel? You know? So asking myself again, those questions, it's not just do whatever you want. And so I sit in bed and I watch TV all day and eat whatever snacks I want, but also there's space for that. (laughs) But I find when I nurture myself by allowing the both and those things, yeah, you allow yourself those ones that you're like, I can't just do whatever I want, but you're coming from this place of connected. Yes, I am allowed to do this. And then you also have this different energy when you approach those things that show up as shoulds. And our ones, whether it's cleaning your house, like in the book, I do like go through again. It's like these same things like, oh, I should do the dishes. Why would I want to do the dishes? Because I do need to use these dishes again. (laughs) Like there is the practicality of like, I'm going to need to use these dishes again. When the dishes are clean and put away, I feel more grounded and energized Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. So great. I do want to do the dishes. So it's that swishing too of the mentality of like, I should do this to like, okay, I do want to do the dishes. So then I'm like, well, how can I also make this be more fun? Like, okay, let me turn music on. I'm going to watch TikTok while I do the dishes. That. So some of the things, it's turning the should into a want. (laughs) Some of them, it is a want and you're procrastinating and realizing, let me remind myself why I do want to do this thing. So there's so many steps into like realigning constantly like, Okay, this is a want for me right now. I feel like the one thread though, like a few questions that you've answered, the one thread is like allowing and compassion. And like, if you're not using like self-study and curiosity as a way to like make you do something and like bully yourself into it, it's such a softer energy to be like, okay, what do I want? Why do I want this? And like bringing it up to the surface in a way that naturally gets like you're saying, out of procrastination, like you're naturally more interested in doing it because you've reminded yourself that at the end, there's something good in there for you. Even if like maybe the washing of the dishes is not the more pleasurable activity of your day, it still has a positive consequence for you. And so it makes worth doing and you want that positive consequence. So then you want to take the action to get there. It's like a very different energy to like think about what is that going to bring? What is that going to make me feel? How is that going to change me in five, 10 minutes, an hour instead of what's the exact right now reward I want? And like moving into like what will last longer and like have a better or more positive impact on yourself. Because the yeah. shoulds I find are might easier in the moment, but in the long run, you feel resentment, you feel dissatisfaction, you feel a lack of interest or motivation or passion. There's a negative consequence in the long run. It's like the easier thing to do in the now because you don't have to question it because you get the external validation right away. But in the long run, you're hurting yourself in a way. So like being in that space of like, I'm taking care of myself now and my future self is a very different approach. Yeah. Thank you again for that. Cause that reminded me like a big part of it is like seeing that every should is a choice. Mm. We don't normally see it like that. It's a should, I should do it, you know? And so what I am taking by that is giving that space of seeing, 
okay, this is the thing. Like for me, I named the dishes. I lately have put off doing the dishes and it feels great. Like I realize, like, why do I feel like I should do dishes is more like, because I have this internalized shame if I don't do the dishes because I was raised to always wash every dish, whatever. But like the way that my water works and my dishwasher and all of that stuff, it doesn't work for me. Like I leave all of my dishes (laughs) until I feel like I have the capacity and energy to do it. And then I like want to do it. And like, that's been like a healing thing for me. And it's so small about allowing dirty dishes to sit in my kitchen for sometimes two whole days. And it's not because I'm lazy or because whatever, it's because I'm not making that choice right now because I want to be with my kids because I have this thing. And because also then that's great. I can do all the dishes at once, <laughs> like you know, like something. But for me, I don't love running errands, but the errands need to happen. And I do use like, you know, delivery services and things and whatever. So like, it's also, it's like figuring out what works for you, but there are some errands I do need to run. And that's just not a thing that I love. And so when an errand comes up, that is like, it's a should. And so then I have to get clear with myself. Okay. It's time to do the errands. Like this is the choice and I'm, I'm making the choice to run the errands today. So I want to run the errands again. So it's then seeing, so how can I make this be more fun? You know, like, hey, I'm going to listen to this podcast and put this music on. I'm going to make this call. Ooh, maybe I'll buy myself a special treat. Like, you know, like that too. Like, so it's also this thing of like, yeah, I'm just always being clear. And that's the subtitle of the book is get clear on who you are, what you want and why you want it. And this doesn't mean like the big Trisha is this for lasting. That's a moment to moment thing with each choice. Like, it's like, I'm getting clear. I am choosing to run those errands today. It's not weighing on me. The errand is not running me because it's a should and it's been weighing over me. Mm-hmm. Okay, today I'm running the errand and th- this is what I'm doing. Sometimes I wear AirPods, you know, like while I'm in the store with good music because I get overwhelmed in a big store. I'm making it work for me. It is my yeah. choice. <laughs> yeah. It's like making every situation the most alignment what you need, even if like in that moment, it's something that, is not pleasurable for you to do. And I love that reframe of like, it's a choice. Like no one is forcing you to do this. Like you're making a choice to either do what's quote unquote expected, or you've been told that was the right thing to do, or you're making a choice to do something else. But if you really do this as like a self-care practice, like forget the bubble bath, but like asking yourself what you want and how you can give yourself and create the life you want moment to moment. Wow. There's so much power in that. There's so much empowerment of like, I can do what I want. I can create the life I want to experience. I can feel the way I want to feel. Even if, yeah, there's stuff from the 3d world that needs to happen, like school drop off or grocery shopping or, but maybe there's like, this perfect precious moment to connect with your child or maybe this is perfect precious moment to pep talk yourself into whatever like I don't know you know like or having a moment alone maybe like you're so busy going to the grocery store might be like ah peace and quiet I'm gonna put my favorite murdery podcast because you know I can't listen to that with my kids around and like there's a way to make it feel like it's for you yeah yeah totally Um, So can we give a few examples of like tiny ways that we can let go of shoulds or bigger ways, but like just concrete thing that you do in your life that either help you let go of the should or bring in more wants for like people that like, okay, okay, I'm convinced. What do I do now? Like we talked about changing the word, but maybe you have things that people can chew on right away. 
Yeah. I mean, for me, the word is the biggest awareness like thing. Like, so I definitely suggest like, you don't have to jump on board to giving up the word up for your entire life. Like I did, (laughs) but like, what if you even just tried like, you know, okay, I'm going to try one day or three days or one week of like really pay attention to my use of the shoulds. And also like, you'll notice in all the marketing and all the whatever, like you'll hear it coming at you constantly. And from well-meaning people, like the most empowering, whatever top leader people of wellness, whatever, they'll be telling you should do this. These are, you know, like all the marketing, this is the product you should have for 2023. This is the blah, blah, blah. So just notice to like how much it's used, but yeah, really focusing on like in your own language. So that is the biggest thing for me. I've also noticed too, like I said, even though I don't really use the word except when I'm like talking about it or whatever, I will sort of like name a should feeling. But even with giving it up, I would still feel the weight of the shoulds constantly. And so that would have me another thing of checking in with, oh, what's going on right now? Like, oh, why am I feeling like this rage? Oh, because whatever. I was on Instagram and I got jealous of something. You know what I mean? Like I would have me tracking like, what's going on? Why do I feel like I'm just at home alone? (laughs) What's going on? Like it would have me checking in with my feelings. And something I realized through many years of my own coaching that, yeah, a lot of people are not used to checking in with how they feel and then naming it. And so I then would tell clients, and so this is a good tip to like, just get in the practice of checking in with yourself several times a day. And because I know it works better to like have a habit. So maybe it's like every time you go to the bathroom, check in with, oh, what am I feeling? Or, you know, every time you refill your water, like, so it's like making it be with the like certain time a day that you do things every time you get in your car, how am I feeling? And so just you get better at asking yourself, how am I feeling? And then checking in with that naming. And then for me, I would able to be see like, oh, well, what is, again, because usually we're carrying around stuff that we're not like getting clear on like, oh, right. I'm Mm -hmm. feeling like low today. Like, because I didn't hear back about that text message, like those sorts of things. And again, you don't always have to name the why of that. I think that I might have like, again, this longevity of awareness that I am able to easily like, oh, well that happened. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, blah, blah, blah. You're making up this about yourself because that happened (laughs) and getting clear, but just checking in with how you're feeling. And because then a lot of times you can see it would likely be related to some sort of should. So, but that also just naming, what am I feeling? And then maybe also, well, what do I want to feel? And just giving yourself that space. It's a bit different than the should and once, but that is like, again, something I've really been able to help. To get there. That helps me get clear on my shoulds and once is being connected to what I'm feeling. And you gotta, yeah, get better and better at noticing it to be able to make choices from those places. Yeah, absolutely. And like if answering the question, why is too big and too vague to start, maybe just looking into was there a should in my last few thoughts, you know, like, because we know that our thoughts lead to our feeling that they fuel those emotions. So like, just narrow it down to like, am I thinking about, is there a should in my discourse in the way I'm like feeling energetically? And so narrowing down your focus instead of like having to figure out whatever, like everything that lead, led you there, it might be yeah. easier to start with just like, was I thinking should, about like, it? Is there yeah. a should? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? I feel like I could ask you a million other questions. You were talking at one point and then I was like, oh, it made me want to say this thing. And then I forgot it. And I remembered it. Which just, I think when I was talking about the errand running thing and all of that and how to meet that, which is this reminder that, yeah, like our life is made up of the day-to-day moments. And Uh so it's so great 
to be striving for whatever you're striving for and the work that you're doing in the world and, you know, who you are to people. Like there's so much that's amazing about being alive, right? And all we get to do. And yet I feel that we often forget today I'm alive here and oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills this month or I don't know this or this just just happened or I didn't get that opportunity or whatever. Lots of things are going to happen that are unfair. We're going to have disappointments and all of that. And I'm not like, sweep it onto the rug, be positive about everything. I am present to all that is happening. And then just again, like it's, so it's then, well, why not be a little bit more kind and compassionate to ourselves? And like, again, see that these things are our choices and to nurture ourselves. That's a big question that I ask myself is like, my name, I still go by your joyologist. Well, and my name is Trisha Huffman. But so it is like, oh, what can you do to bring yourself joy today? What can I do to bring myself joy? And sometimes joy doesn't feel like the thing that you want because things do feel really hard and crippling. So then I'm like, what can I do to nurture myself right now? And so again, so it's just, I'm really all about, and that's the whole F the shoulds and do the once. It's not just like for this one big moment in your life. It's for all the moments, like being connected to yourself. And so being with yourself through the pain, through the this, through the that, but then being present to it. So then when you're present to it, you can be able to heal it and be more aware of like when I'm in pain, physical pain and just anguish, I'm so much more connected to nature or I go, that's the funny time. That's when I want to go be in person and like walk to a coffee shop or run an errand is because being with another like human that I don't even know and like being witnessed by someone makes me feel this deep connection. And so it's just like, again, just like the whole thing of F the shoulds and do the wants. It's not like you're going to live your most fulfilling, amazing life because of your like just doing your wants. And that it's not like it's a consistent meeting yourself with this love and compassion because you are not looking outside of yourself for what are the answers or I'm wrong or I am not this. I didn't accomplish enough today because of these things that we've internalized that we should be and how we should be productive and how we should be successful and how we should look and all of that. So I just feel like you likely are being so hard on yourself in so many ways you don't realize that are based on the should. So it's just meeting yourself with these daily compassion and love and like, yeah, how can I make things easier for myself? Mm-hmm. I love that's a very good reminder that you're not doing all this work for one day being free of the shoulds and being all connected with your wants. It's a moment to moment thing. And it's for now. It's for your joy now. It's not for your joy in six months when or in five years or however long you think it might take you to shift that programming in your mind. You know, it's like now, right now. Yeah, I think that's powerful. Yeah. And I think that that for people, especially on, you know, journeys of being more self-aware and healing themselves, mind, body, and that it's such a beautiful thing. And I do think that also there can be this, and one day mm-hmm. I will be good, like done. And <laughs> yeah. you do, right? I've been on so many past, whatever. Oh, it's like, you, you feel choice. like, ah, I've done all the things. And then though the next day, you might not feel like that. And it's not your fault. That's just life or something. So just again, like wherever you are on your journey to remember, it's a journey. (laughs) Absolutely. What's the best place for people to find you if they want to say hello, if they want to work with you in some capacity, or they want to get your book or anything else? Where, Where do they go? 
Yeah. So first of all, go get my book, F the Shoulds, Do the Once. You can find it, you know, wherever you love to buy books. You can go to F the Shoulds, Do the Once.com and there's lists and links to all the retailers, including like how to find it for at your local bookstores. You can also come back to that page, F the Shoulds, Do the Once.com after you have the book or if you already have it to enter your info and get some bonuses, including an exclusive EFT tapping meditation from Jessica Ortner of the Tapping Solution to support you in effing the shoulds and connecting to your wants. And all things me, yourjoyologist.com and trishahuffman.com. Right now, that's the same website. Eventually this year, I think those will be a little bit different. Get my daily inspiration app. It's called Own Your Awesome in the App Store. And yeah, I'm really excited to opening up some different ways to work with me. Coaching-wise, this year, I have been coaching people for over a decade, and something new this year is running group coaching containers. So it's not a course or program, but like individual coaching with my high-touch accountability and support in a small group. So that's something that I'm really excited about, as well as offering dedicated coaching ongoing for individuals and especially for those that put themselves out in the world in some way, whether you're an artist, you're an author, you're a healer, you're even like, you know, a creator, a writer, whatever it is that I really offer support to have you trusting yourself, connecting to yourself, doing things your way and staying in alignment and integrity. And that's my most favorite thing to like have people really dialed into their own magic. And mostly my most popular or where I mostly am on social are Instagram and TikTok. You can find me there at at underscore Trisha Huffman and feel free to DM and reach out to me there about offerings and stuff. I love chatting with people. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. If people can hear what we're trying to say today, it could really make a big change in the way that they live their life and the way they experience themselves. So I'm excited for people to get to this episode. All right. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't already done so, leave a review for this episode of the podcast in general on iTunes. If this episode has helped you in any way, you can pass it on and help someone else find it by leaving a review. Plus, when you do leave a review to say thank you, I'll give you access to our premium podcast membership for free for one month. So all you have to do is send me a screenshot of your review and we'll get you all set up. If you are looking for the show notes for this episode, you'll find them at ericabelanger.com slash 162. And before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast for their support in making this possible. And this includes all our premium members. Thank you guys. Once again, thanks for listening. See you next Monday.